Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase. Tonight, the NFL and the Rams could seek an early conclusion to the case against St. Louis. Plus, the Rams squeeze out a dub in Indy. And later, the Super Bowl champs come to town. We preview Bucks at Rams next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back to Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I'm your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. I am laying down the law for you guys tonight. Lots of cool stuff to get into. The LA Rams sitting at 2-0. But this week, a big test. Biggest test of the year so far and possibly the biggest test that the Rams will see for the season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into town. Fresh off of their Super Bowl win and their own 2-0 record. We'll preview that game later on today in in uh, the second half of the episode here and then uh, also you know we got to give away another game badge of course we got to give away another game badge and we also have another update on this uh, city of st louis versus the nfl and the la rams uh, and there's also some other owners that are involved in that as well but first guys i wanted to i wanted to first apologize i did not actually <laughs> i said let give me a second let me think about a giveaway for the for this week and then i did not announce one so that one's on me that is my B. All right. So what I'm going to go ahead and do for you guys is um, we'll go ahead and announce one now. All right. There's a chance I pull two names next week. I can't promise it right now, but there is a chance that I pull two two names this upcoming week, uh, a week from today, and, and and pump out two prize packs courtesy of Shaw's Customs. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, but for now, but basically all I need from you guys is we need to do another giveaway. So I need to announce it for you guys. But first, I need to let you guys just a just a quick refresher on the rules, okay? Because there are rules here. This is not a no rules kind of situation. There are some rules, okay? First of all, by responding to my my question to you guys, uh, you are giving me permission to use your name and or photos. As you guys may have noticed, I have not yet to use photos. But that does not mean I won't, okay? And answering gives me permission to, so keep that in mind. And then uh, we, you will need to uh, listen for your for your name. If you are the winner, you will have a deadline to get your uh, address to me. I'll be honest, this one's never a problem. Most people are very, very good about it, about getting me their information very quickly. So that's usually not a problem, but we typically make the deadline the following Sunday after it's announced. Usually sometime in the evening, because I myself am watching some football games, so I'm not super uh, super in all the time, just checking on the inboxes and stuff. But uh, so, and then also uh, Ram Showcase, uh, the I, I am I make these rules, okay? I decide the I do make the rules. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys and say I don't make the rules. Uh, I do make the rules, and I am allowed to change my mind on these rules at any time. I I can do that, okay? So uh, by answering, though, you are giving me my, your permi- your permission for me to use my, or that was a disaster. I can use your photos as a name if you're answering. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead um, uh, and, and, and 
let's see. I got to think. Okay, this is what I'll do for this giveaway. It'll be a simple one for you guys. Uh, it'll just be... You know what? Just tell me what your favorite segment is on Ram Showcase. You can also include your least favorite. If there's a segment that you typically skip, let me know that as well, okay? That feedback is always appreciated. Uh, it, there's There's been segments that have been cut because enough feedback is cut. Like segments that I liked, but feedback has come back and it was just not, people just weren't really feeling it. So those segments have been cut, you know what I mean? That's uh, it, This is an ever-evolving organism. And we're always looking to get better here at Ram Showcase. So if you guys do have, uh, what is your favorite? That's always cool to hear, to, just so I know what you guys are really digging on. Uh, and maybe we can add to those segments that you guys really dig too. Uh, but also, like I said, let me know what you guys are not necessarily, if there is a segment that you guys just don't really like that much, let me know that as well. And we, we can uh, possibly make some adjustments, okay? I mean, I'll probably read it and be like, what is this guy whining about? But then I'll probably also, like, it'll be an hour later. They'll be like, well, that's a good point, though. You know, so, yeah, I mean, you got to take it. You got to take what you can get. So, um, and then also, uh, we will be talking, uh, like I said, the, the game preview. We got the Buccaneers and the Rams. That is sponsored by BetUS. There will be a link in the description below. Super mad easy to sign up, guys. Uh, it's honestly, it's it's right there. Just follow the link. Promo code is RAM Showcase when you're putting in your deposit. 125% bonus. That's, that's where it's at. All right. And uh, we'll talk about some numbers there as far as, uh, so some some possible bets you can make this weekend or or tonight, and then you can just uh, you know, be ready for the weekend. You don't got to wake up early and do it. So that's good stuff. Let's head into some news here first, though. And uh, first, I just wanted to give an update. Uh, we've talked about this before plenty of times on the show. I I, may, I try to make it as clear as possible. I, I'm not on a side on this. OK, uh, the city of St. Louis has sued the NFL and the Rams for what they call a fraudulent move. Basically, if you guys would like to, I can uh, I can link that the the original video that I did about this topic not that long ago. We just well we did it's not the original. We did an updated version not that long ago. I can link that in the description for you guys below if you guys are watching the YouTube version of this. And uh, just to kind of get like a, a basic understanding of what's going on with this case at the moment. But the update now is that a pretrial is actually scheduled for Friday, which would be what would that make that the twenty fifth or the twenty fourth of uh september so uh coming up here soon and then uh the the regular trial is actually scheduled for january of 2022 and that's just really unfortunate timing because it does look like the rams will be participating in the postseason this year if things keep going according to plan which it appears that they have so far now the rams have not lost a game this season i know we're pretty early but that is still the case so uh, hopefully we can avoid that distraction but really what we're looking at right now is that the rams and the nfl could attempt to settle and the word is that that conversation will begin at $1 billion. That would be the payout to the city of St. Louis. Uh, it, per my last video, we had talked about that uh, not only Stan Kroenke, but you know, Jerry Richardson, Jerry Jones, John Mara. Uh, there was a couple, there, I want to say there's five owners as well as Goodell were actually required to open up their books and, and present their incomes to the courts. And the only reason that that even would have been a thing is if the city of St. Louis wins, the winnings or, or uh, I guess, rest, restitution, is it restitution? I'm not sure. But uh, the payment that would have to be made to the city of St. Louis would actually be based on their income not and how much money they have, not necessarily the financial impact that the Rams moving out of St. Louis had on the city itself. So uh, that's why that was even asked for at all. And the fact that the NFL and the Rams are considering settling or trying to possibly settle before it hits the trial is a pretty clear indication, in my opinion, that this uh, that that they did in fact fraudulently move the team. I mean, it's 
That's kind of the way it looks right now. I don't think that the NFL and their lawyers and their 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 power that they have behind them legally, I don't think that they would just be like, okay, let's just give up the a billion dollars to the city of St. Louis and 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 get this out of the way. But you know, so it does look like there were some some fishy things in there. But I mean, again, like I talked about the last time, there was there was some fishy stuff that happened. There was a phone call that happened in 2013 between. Uh, Kroenke and Goodell and some other members as well that kind of indicated the plans to to move the Rams to Los Angeles and of course it wasn't approved until 2017 so those plans being in motion and then Roger Goodell then the following year saying that he has no no uh no knowledge of any plans for a stadium in Los Angeles the timing is just all screwed up there uh so the city of St. Louis definitely has a pretty strong case but settling before the trial uh like I said it, it really does it, it feels like that means that the Rams and the NFL are at fault uh, but also, uh, it might go, uh, it might make it go like, oh, excuse me, I'm trying to read my notes here. I did a bad job of uh, t- trying to bullet point this out, uh, but it also might be the way to do it. So it might be like in order to, like I said earlier with uh, the, the Rams being the January timeframe, possibly being a postseason team that, uh, that the timing could, it could not be beneficial to the Rams that need a, to go to trial and have that distraction in the news surrounding this team uh, at about that time. So if, if the Rams can get away with the, with settling before that happens, that might be the way to go. But there are some estimations that say that the damages that would be awarded to the city of St. Louis if this does go to a trial by jury, that it could go north of $10 billion that what the Rams and the NFL would need to pay to the city of St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis very well may win this case, uh, and in all likelihood, probably would, to be honest, if it doesn't get settled before court. But I would also think uh, this is this is kind of where Joe's opinion comes into play a little bit. I also think that already the city of St. Louis has has kind of dug themselves a little bit of a hole in the sense that uh, yeah, they might get a pay- they'll probably get a payout from the NFL and the Rams. They'll get a good chunk of change uh, coming into their city. But also, I would think that we'd be hard-pressed to see the NFL ever return to the city of St. Louis with all this going on. Despite whose fault it is, doesn't matter. But the fact that it's gotten to this point, and it is going to a jury trial, all that stuff, that uh, that really the, the city of St. Louis, uh, they're never going to see the NFL again. And, you know, I, I don't think that that should be a surprise, uh, me saying that. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see if anybody else holds that opinion as well, or if you guys disagree with me. Uh, but I think that the 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 city taking the NFL to court is basically the the city saying like, all right, we're never going to get another NFL team, so let's just get a payment out of it. You know, let's just get a let's get a chunk out of this, and then also, um, you know, it, it, I think it's too late now to <laughs> to try to to change anything that they're asking for. But I honestly think that the city of St. Louis would have been better off asking for an expansion team instead of suing the NFL for what seems like it could be upwards of ten billion dollars. I don't know uh, it, what the, the money situation looks like or how long it takes to make money on an NFL team when you build a stadium and bring all these uh, employees in and all this, you know, it's a, it's a big expense to start an NFL team, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know what the, the turnaround is and how fast you could make $10 billion, but I also know that the NFL pumps in quite a bit of money, not just for the NFL itself, but the cities that they play in, restaurants around the stadium, uh, merchandise, vendors, uh, all, all that stuff goes in and the jobs that are created in a city. I don't know if uh, the, the money is is better than having just an NFL team. So I don't know if the city of St. Louis and I don't have all the details. I don't know what happens behind the closed doors here. Uh, but I just in my opinion, I feel like it would have been a better situation for the city of St. Louis 
if they would have just been like, all right, the Rams left, you know, they, they went back to LA where they, they were from for, for years before they went there from Cleveland, all that stuff. But if we can just get an expansion team, we'll call it good kind of thing. I don't know if that's even an option, but I figured, uh, you know what? That's kind of where my brain went to it immediately. Uh, and I'll, and mainly because I don't think that the NFL will ever return to the city of St. Louis uh, having this uh, be the way that it's played out. Let's go ahead and look at the Rams and Colts from week two. It was a heck of a game, actually. Very close game. A little bit closer than I anticipated. I'll be completely honest with you guys. But the Rams were able to pull out the victory in this one. 27-24. Pretty good game. Uh, you know, it's... It's kind of interesting because it almost looked like the Rams weren't playing that well. You know, it's it, it seemed like there was there was something left out there on the field that, that we just, you know, it just didn't feel 100% right. But also, I mean, that's a huge plus that the Rams were able to get a win when it felt like that because the Colts were coming off of a home loss to the Seattle Seahawks. So they've now they're now 0-2 at home. That's a rough way to start your season. So they come in off of the, the the home loss to the Seahawks. They're getting a little bit desperate. The AFC is a, a tough conference to play in. They know they got a team like the Tennessee Titans, who is also, uh, they're super competitive. The, the Texans look uh, okay. I think that it's only a matter of time before they just kind of fall apart. And then, of course, you got the Jags too. But uh, with the Colts specifically, you know, they, they, they came in, they, they were hungry, man. They wanted that game. They've got a good team up there. And the, the Rams just, it didn't feel like they could really get it going how they should or how they did, I should say, in uh, in week one against the Chicago Bears. But still were able to come out with the win, and that's really all you can ask for. So for this game, we got the game badge coming back again. This time, last week it went to Matthew Stafford. This week, it's going to Cooper Cup. Nine receptions on 10 targets, 163 yards and two tutties, man. Cooper Cup had an absolute day. He and Matthew Stafford are on a different level, man. They're playing really, really good football together. And I'm really excited to see how that kind of develops and, and, and the continuation of that, that relationship that these two have built so far. It's been really fun to watch, even just through the training camp and, and through the early part of the season. It's been really fun to watch how Matthew Stafford is connecting with different guys. Like, so like Robert Woods, maybe not getting all the targets right now, but hey, if Cooper Cup is doing it too, I mean, and I've got some good numbers on Cooper Cup. Uh, we'll talk about that in the three to see actually on uh, the game preview here a little bit later on. We got some good stuff on 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 Cup, but you know, Cooper Cup obviously doing uh, doing a great job to start the season. He's currently third in the NFL in receiving yards, and like I said, you know this 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 connection is just now starting. So uh, I'm really excited for for cup this season and i know that i've i've been i've been on the train that cooper cup could be a, a potential trade candidate but hey he's still around and he's kicking some butts here so i'm i'm here for it man i'm, I'm not like i'm not a cup hater at all i think cup is an awesome player uh, but also i think it's worth noting that i think we're seeing the beginning the first we've seen the first two games of what will have been the best cooper cup season in his nfl career i think that we're we're seeing that begin we're in week two heading into week three we're, we're seeing the beginning of his best season so far so it's going to be really fun to watch guys keep your eyeballs peeled on number 10 Cooper cup not to be confused with cooper pup who is the ram's dog is he still around actually i haven't seen anything on cooper pup did he get adopted by uh, like a player or something that'd be cool let's see uh, let's go over uh, let's talk about kenny young all right kenny young you know, he's a little bit of a breakout guy this year. He was playing really well last year, especially late in the season. 
the progression was very evident. And if you guys aren't aren't aware of Kenny Young or or know his his genesis of the Rams, he actually came to the Rams from the Baltimore Ravens as part of that Marcus Peters trade. So I know a lot of Rams fans at the time were like, Kenny Young, who the heck is this? Like we lose Marcus Peters for a linebacker we've never heard of. And then now look at him. He's a starter. He's playing awesome. Unfortunately, in the game against the Indianapolis Colts, he did lose his cool just a little bit. He got a little fired up and made some incidental contact with a referee, which led to him getting disqualified from the rest of the game. So that was, it was unfortunate to see. Uh, and you know, you don't want to see any of these guys lose their cool, and especially enough to be kicked out of the game. You know, that, that, that's when it starts to hurt the team. You, you like to see the passion. You like to see the energy. But when it comes to hurting the team and, and actually getting ejected from the game, that's when it does become a problem. But I also think that Kenny Young is, he is such a passionate player. And the way that he gets in on, on, on some of these plays and stuff, I mean, the the fire is there. And if anything, him getting kicked out of that game last last week, like I hate to say it's a good thing, but I mean, it, it happened in no matter what we say today, we cannot take it back. We cannot go back to the Colts game and get him back in the lineup. So because what happened happened, what we can do now is is we can all kind of learn from the situation. Mainly here, Kenny Young is the one that, that is, is learning from the situation. We can kind of learn some things about how he will handle the situation. But that's exactly what he needs to learn is how to handle that situation. So, you know what? I like Kenny Young. I think he's a good guy. I think he's super passionate. And I think that he now has a little bit of an understanding that the, the passion has to be maintained and controlled in some capacity. And this is a great example of it. It's really unfortunate that you have to learn that via ejection. But I think that Kenny Young is a smart enough player that he can he can gather his thoughts enough to say, like, okay, the passion's good there, but I, I cannot let it get that far. And I think that that's really good. Another positive, too, is because uh, I watch the games in a weird way a little bit. So I, I watched the game. I watched that happen. And I wanted after it was announced that he was he was getting uh, well, after the situation happened, actually, I was I was kind of watching because you could feel that he was going to get ejected. Contact with the ref basically always leads to an ejection. I don't I don't know a situation where it hasn't. But well, I was watching him specifically, and I wanted to see how he handled himself in just that situation. If he was waiting to get ejected and then maybe go off, anything like that. One thing that I really, really loved, though, about this team specifically was that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey both went up to him and had those conversations with him. They, they went face-to-face, face masks touching, and had a conversation with him. And I love to see that. I love to see that leadership. And Kenny Young is one of the leaders, too. So it's cool to be able to see them kind of transfer that leadership and when somebody when somebody needs it somebody else is there you know what I mean and Aaron Donald I mean he's the clear leader of this defense he's somebody that Jalen Ramsey even goes to we've we've heard from Ramsey about that of like if if anybody if he's getting too crazy Aaron Donald's the one that when he says you need to do this or or rein it in or something that's the guy he listens to so for Kenny Young specifically I'm really excited to see how he responds to this so this game against the Bucks this week it's of course a very big one and it would be a very bad one to get ejected from. I don't think that that's going to happen two weeks in a row. And uh, I'm really excited to see how Kenny Young responds to getting kicked out of the the Week 2 game and how he handles himself the rest of the season. Because the passion is very good, but, I mean, you have to have a cap on it at some point. And it, I loved the passion. I liked that it was there. And it's almost unfortunate that it happened with contact with a ref because it was just kind of bad placement, I guess, you know, so... Uh, but, but Kenny Young, man, I, I, I know that, uh, some fans are being a little harsh on, on Kenny Young. I guess that's why I'm saying all this. 
is because I, I think that he's a very good player and I think that he's going to He's going to learn from this, and I think he's going to be better because of it. It's unfortunate that it had to happen, but I think we come out stronger on the other side. Also, uh, let's talk about Daryl Henderson as well, too. He did leave the game with a rib issue. His status is a little bit up in, in the air uh, for, for this game this weekend. They will be talking about, uh, of course, on the second half here. Also, guys, I've been guesting on the Bucks report. Uh, they've got a bunch of different shows on there. It's always really fun because I never know who I'm talking to. I just get sent a link. Like I ask, I get asked if I'm free or what times I'm available. I schedule it out. It's so like, uh, I don't get told anything. I just get sent a link. I don't even know who I'm going to talk to. And I just kind of pop up on screen and they're like, Hey, we got Sheriff Joe bags here talking about the LA Rays. And then I'm, and then we're just talking about the game. So I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's really fun, but we'll be doing that again. Uh, if you guys want to find the Bucks report or just Bucks report. Uh, I'll be there at seven o'clock Pacific time on Thursday. I'll be, uh, I'll be doing another guest spot on one of their shows. I don't even know which one. All I was told is that we might bring up the, the, the song Ram it. That's all I've gotten. I don't even know who I'm talking to. So it'll be fun. But Daryl Henderson had 13 carries for 53 yards. Did leave the game. And then a uh, Sony Michelle actually came in played played some good football at the end there. He was playing, he was, he was running hard. That was good to see. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, again, it just felt like the Rams were leaving something out there on the field. And, and that, uh, a big part of that does go to the running game. Again, this is the second week in a row that it kind of looked like the running game was just a little unorganized, especially up front with the, the blocking. So I do still anticipate that getting better over time, but let's not pretend like the Rams running game isn't an issue. All right. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and say like, Hey, you know, we got Michelle, we got, you know, Hendo will be back in just a couple of weeks. If he misses any time at all. I like Jake Funk, and I can say all that stuff, and that is all true, but we still need to see the production. You know, uh, uh, potential doesn't pay the bills. The production does. You know what I mean? Like, Ram Showcase has a has all the potential in the world, but, you know, the is the production there? Well, I like to think it is. <laughs> I'll let you guys decide. Uh, but, yeah, a big part of that is the running game. So, Henderson missing time at all would be very unfortunate to see. We don't want to see that at all. But I did like what we saw at a Sh- Sony Michelle uh, later on, so I don't know. Just, just uh, it just felt like we we run a tighter ship than what we what we did in in Indianapolis. Does that feel real to anybody else? It just it, like with the Kenny Young uh, ejection, with just some of the way that the the plays were unfolding, it just kind of it's like we're we're sharper than that, you know. And and I'm just glad we were able to to come out with uh with a win there and some drop passes and the occasional spotty coverage. Just it just left a little bit more to be desired. Just wanted just to just to just a little bit more. Just a little bit more out of it. All right, let's move on to the rest of the West, what those other three dweebs are up to. So everybody in the NFC West is 2-0, except for those Seattle Seahawks who lost in overtime to the Tennessee Titans. That score was 30-33. to Tennessee Titans get the dub. And, um, you know, this was, a, this was a heck of a game, and there was definitely some, some interesting refereeing going on in this one, but... I think all of that was was benefiting Seattle, so they still couldn't get it done. But you know, I still think this is a heck of a team. And also, I don't, I think Tennessee is they're they're a confusing team, man, because they got their butt cheeks kicked in Week One against the Cardinals, and then they go into Seattle and win. Like, what the heck is that, guys? Like, who are the Titans? How can we remember the Titans if we don't even know who they are now? You know what I mean? So uh, the Seahawks do fall to one and one. This week, the Seattle Seahawks are at the Minnesota Vikings, who sit at 0-2. And that game will be on one t- on, on Fox at 1.25 p.m. This is the only 
game that is actually in competition for with the Rams for uh, for late coverage on Fox. So uh, we'll we'll look at the distribution map, the distro map here in a, in a little bit in the game preview, but pretty large area for for Rams and and Bucks. But uh, Seattle and Minnesota definitely getting their fair share. But Minnesota zero and two, Seattle one and one. Speaking of Minnesota, they did lose to the Arizona Cardinals, thirty four to thirty three, in week two. What a game, by the way. What a game. And uh, this game, if you guys didn't check it out, I mean, very tight all the way through. And then Minnesota lines up for a field goal at the end there as time expires. And dude missed it. Dude missed it. Dude missed our chances of getting up just a little bit more ground there. Uh, Joseph is his name. He is uh, gave us that we had the chance to gain just a little bit more ground on the, in this very tough division. And dude missed the kick. So uh, if you guys uh, follow the, the NFC West roundtable, uh, we we've, we talked about all these games, of course, this week. I'll leave a link in the description below. It was on the Rams Showcase channel, so it'll be very easy for you guys to find. But our Cardinals guy on there, uh, the AZ Sports Fan, is his channel. Make sure you guys check that one out. Uh, we, we do the roundtable on there as well, so it's worth it to subscribe, and then you can catch us there as well. Uh, but uh, his reaction to uh, to seeing that kick missed was very pure. I watched that video because after seeing how the game ended, I knew he was going to put out something, and it was it was it was good. It was it's, that's that's fandom right there. I loved it. Uh, but that was pretty cool. But Arizona at two and zero now they will take on the zero and two Jacksonville Jaguars. That game will be played in Florida on Fox at ten o'clock in the morning for the Pacific time zone. So pretty early one. The Arizona Cardinals shouldn't really have a problem with the Jags, but. You know, we've seen some crazier stuff happen before, and honestly, all the NFC West played some very tight games in Week 2, so we got to pay attention to that as well. But the Jacksonville Jaguars not looking super hot so far this season. And then the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 17-11. to Not a very exciting game, and honestly, I think the, the, the 49ers might... I'm pulling back on the 49ers a little bit I, on, my, on, on my trust in that they're actually that good of a team, because... Really, they're two and zero, but they've they've beat two bad teams. Honestly, I mean, they the Eagles are not a good team. The Lions are not a good team. So I'm not super sold on. And those are both one possession games. You know what I mean? So by a total, what is that? Fourteen points total that they've outscored their opponents. Two not good opponents. So uh, the Green Bay Packers will be at the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football on NBC. So that should be a pretty good one. The Green Bay Packers really turned it around after their Week One blowout loss against the Saints. They were able to to stack a pretty nice dub over the Jared Goff-led Detroit Lions in primetime in week two. So two primetime games in a row for the Green Bay Packers. And this is the San Francisco 49ers home opener. So they have not uh, opened up uh, the, the the field of jeans Levi Stadium quite yet, but they will do that on Sunday night football. And we'll see if they can go 0-1 at home this season. Good stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you guys want to check out the the NFC West Roundtable, it has a really good conversation uh, previewing uh, this uh, this upcoming week's games. Quick look back at the last games here. So good stuff there. I'll make sure to leave a link in the description below. Some quick transactions for you guys before you head into our break. The Rams terminated the contract of Otis Anderson Jr. on the practice squad and then signed running back Javian Hawkins to the practice squad. Hawkins played at Louisville with Tutu Atwell, Rams wide receiver. He was cut by the Falcons in August as a UDFA. And the Rams also activated linebacker Chris Garrett off the COVID list and should make his debut against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday 
but will only he'll likely only get a few snaps. And then also in Rams linebacker news, the Broncos have signed Rams linebacker Micah Kaiser, former starter for the Rams, will now be playing for the Denver Broncos. They took him off the practice squad. He is on the active roster for the Denver Broncos. That is all for your transactions on the other side. We've got your game preview books at Rams. Don't go anywhere. We will get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Los Angeles Rams shortly. But first, let me tell you guys about Thrive Fantasy, all right? Because this one's actually really sick. If you guys know me, I'm not a fantasy football guy. I'm not about that life, all right? But Thrive Fantasy is based on props, all right? So prop bets. You know what prop bets are. That's like the over-unders. That's like, is this dude going to score a touchdown? That's all. It's the good stuff, all right? Is is Cooper Cup going to go over 500 receiving yards in a game? Probably. That's not actually the prop bet. So, but that's uh, <laughs> but that's an example for you guys. And then, uh, basically, uh, with it's uh, Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for uh, player props. Like I said, so you can eliminate all the all the research, all the sleepers. You don't gotta worry about all that stuff. You don't need to go deep into the depth charts. You can just focus on the top tier talent of the NFL. Who will have the biggest impacts on the games week in and week out? You choose 10 of the top 20 available player props. Each prop is assigned fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to happen. You get your prop picks right and rack up the points. Thrive has over $140,000 in guaranteed prizes for uh, the upcoming week here and has already paid out over $4 million. And uh, you can use promo code RAMSHOWCASE for a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. So if you put in $50, promo code RAMSHOWCASE, boom, you got $100. $100, promo code RAMSHOWCASE, you got $200. All right. And then uh, let me know, and then uh, we can battle it out, guys. Let's do this, man. Because I'm not about that fantasy football life. Prop bets, I can get into that for sure. So you download the app on the App Store or the Play Store or visit ThriveFantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. There will be a link in the description below. If you follow that link, you do not need to use the promo code because it will be there already. That's how easy it is. If you guys are more into the gambling side of it, well, the NFL season is officially here. And if you are looking for a sports book to put your money where your mouth is, then we've got the perfect spot for you. BetUS, B-E-T-U-S dot com is where you can get started. You probably already know that BetUS has been around for almost three decades, thriving and paying their local customer fan base. That is you. Promise that's you guys, man. You can head to BetUS.com. Call 800-69-BETUS. That's 800-MY-BETUS. You use promo code RAMSHOWCASE, all one word, for 125% bonus on your first deposit. Promo code RAMSHOWCASE200 if you're depositing with crypto to get a 200% bonus. So if you put in $100, Promo code RAMSHOWCASE, you get an extra $125. That is the way to do it. BetUS has NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and golf, so much more. You want to bet on the Rams? Do it, guys. Do it. That's the way to go right here. So I've got it up here. Actually, the Bucks are one-point favorites. It opened even. But uh, to go with the, the Bucks minus one, it is minus 120. So I don't know if there's a lot of confidence here. The over-under is at 55 and a half. I'm feeling over on that one, guys. The over and the under both pay out minus uh, 110. So you guys can make your call on that one. But uh, there's some other good stuff in here. So if the Rams, this is one that I always like. I like going tie and then Rams win. That's plus 1,800. So that's going to be some good one. That's a good one there. I'm going to hit that one myself. That'll be the one that that Sheriff Joe Bags is on. That'll be some good stuff. 
So head over to BetUS.com, B-E-T-U-S.com. Promo code Ram Showcase. That's where it's at, guys. And then uh, let's talk about this Rams and Buccaneers game, all right? Because we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk about them. Uh, visiting the LA Rams and the, the, the Bucks coming off the Super Bowl win, bringing back all 22 starters. Of course, they're a little bit banged up now, but they also come into this game 2 and 0. The LA Rams also sitting at 2 and 0. This game will be played at 1:25 PM on Fox at SoFi stadium. So hopefully you're not watching Fox. Hopefully you're watching at SoFi with your own eyeballs. And the only screen that you guys are soaking in with those eyeballs is that infinity screen. All right. You don't want your TV screen for this one. You want that infinity screen shining that light. That blue light in, <laughs> right into your retinas, all right? That's where it's at, all right? Uh, for me, I will have the blue light from a television screen because uh, Rams will be shown out here in Colorado. Actually, we get all of Colorado. Here's your distribution map. Poof! And in the red is where uh, anybody in the red will see this game on their television if you're on Fox. Out here in, uh, in, in Colorado Springs, it is channel 21. I'm sure it's very different where you are, <laughs> but that's the channel you can catch it on. Very large area. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck will be on the call, so game of the week. Like I said, the Bucks are favored by in this game by minus one. They, they got one point, all right? That's not that bad. That is not that bad. The over-under for the Bucks is 28. The over-under for the Rams specifically is 27. So everybody feels like it's going to be a pretty tight game. 55 and a half of the over-under. Minus 110, no matter which way you bet there. So, pretty clean bets there. All right? And uh, if you're willing to uh, to to give up that point, I mean, the, the Rams start this game one nothing. All right? That's ba- I feel good about that, about that. Okay? So, I think that the Rams can pull this one off. I really do. Let's take a look at some game notes on this one. Last year, the Rams did win this game. It was 27-24. Very good game. That game was played in Tampa Bay. A uh, very good game. We'll talk more about the history of this matchup over here in a second. Uh, this was kind of just an interesting uh, little tidbit of information that uh, popped up in the feed this week. That the Buccaneers have been linked. There's been uh, some rumors that they have reached out to cornerback Richard Sherman. And it does kind of make sense because the Buccaneers' pass defense, not very awesome. All right, not so dope. And... There's a good chance that uh, quarterback Matty Stafford over here for the L.A. Rams might be able to put up some some decent numbers here. But Richard Sherman looks like a phone call's at least been made, potentially. I cannot confirm that. I don't have anybody telling me exactly that that's what happened. But it does look like there is some kind of linkage there between the Bucks and Richard Sherman. Don't know if anything is going to come of that. Haven't seen anything further. Uh, by the time I wrote this note, uh, that was a couple days ago, so I'm not sure if we've gotten any further on that, if anything's going to happen, or if, or if it's been decided it's not going to happen and just wasn't reported, because it really was just a little bit of a thing, like, hey, they, they, they've they reached out, like, inquired about Richard Sherman. Uh, Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown tests positive for COVID and is fully vaccinated, so he can return if he gets two negative tests within 24 hours. So of, of each other. So he can, he does technically have time to, to, to get his tests in and be good to go for this game on Sunday in Los Angeles. But it's also not a guarantee. If he tested positive, I mean, he actually might have COVID. I mean, that's typically what a test tells you. If a test comes back positive, you're supposed to have it. All right. But uh, as we know, as we've learned over this last year and so many months, 
that uh, not anything is is very locked in and, and set in stone. There's a lot of things that are kind of up in the air and, and, and a lot of things that are confusing. And that's not a political statement at all. I think it's just a, a human statement that uh, if this hasn't confused you at least a little bit, <laughs> then I don't know. I don't know if you're paying that close attention. I don't pay that close attention. I'm super confused. All right. So maybe maybe that's why. No, I, I don't think so. I think everybody's just confused. Uh, but Antonio Brown can return. He just needs to get two tests 24 hours apart that say negative. But he did have a positive. So that is one thing right now. He's going to have to stay away from the facilities. He's not going to be at practice. He's not going to be in the building until the team can confirm that he is A-OK. So we may not see Antonio Brown in this game against the Rams on Sunday. Wouldn't hurt my feelings. All I want is just for, for Buccaneers fans not to be like, well, we didn't have Antonio Brown. That's why you guys won. It's like, well, okay, well, we don't have our, we don't have like 18 running backs, um, you know, so uh, I, I guess we're even. <laughs> we're even, okay, because uh, our, we've, Rams have lost a lot of running backs right now. Right now, it's, we're down to, because uh, we lost, we lost Xavier Jones. We lost Raymond Calais. Daryl Henderson's down now. Course Cam Akers early on. As I mean, so the Rams are Rams have their issues too. But that's the only thing I don't want to hear. And obviously, we want to play everybody at their full strength. That's that's most fun is when you play people at their full strength. But if hey, if he's not there, he's not there. Well, well what am I supposed to do about it? Let's take a look at the matchup of this game. This is the Rams offense versus the Bucks defense. You can see on your screen the the Rams offense seems to be uh, getting getting it done through the air pretty decent here, ranking seventh, but. The ground game still giving them some troubles, and so if if Daryl Henderson is down, that is unfortunate, and that that does uh, hinder the Rams' abilities to get it done on the ground, especially against the Bucks, who have the second-ranked run defense right now. I'm not 100% sold that that's a very real, uh, accurate representation of what the Bucks' rankings will be at the end of the season, or what their numbers or their averages will be at the end of the season, because right now the Bucks have been winning games, and uh, so. Uh, to give up less than 60 yards a game <laughs> on the ground. I, I don't know if that's going to keep on keeping on, but uh, they're they're playing from above. They're playing from ahead quite a bit right now. But as you can see, the the Bucks' pass defense pretty pretty rough there. So uh, the Rams' offense has an opportunity to really have a big day passing the football in this in this one. Really, Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's just he seems last week. He, this, there were some mistakes, but he also in a weird way, a weird roundabout way, also looked a little bit more comfortable than he did uh, against the Chicago Bears. Maybe it's uh, because you go from prime time to a, uh, an early kickoff, and so not as many eyeballs are on you. But, you know, I think he's the, the connection is, is very real with guys like Cooper Cup and, and Tyler Higby. That one's very real. And then I think we'll see Bobby Trees get a little bit more involved. I, I like what, what's happening with Van Jefferson. And per Sean McVay, Looks like we're going to try to get Deshaun Jackson a little bit more involved. I don't know if you come out and say you're going to get Deshaun Jackson more involved and then do it immediately. I mean, I think that you kind of say that and then you start peppering him in just just a, just a little bit more as the weeks go on. So I don't know if he gets big playing time in this game. He probably wants to, former Buccaneer, but um, Deshaun Jackson, he played for the Bucs, right? He's played for a lot. Of, he's been a lot of places. <laughs> he's been a little bit all over. Not too, not too many places, I guess, but he's been a little over. Let's, uh, let's go to the other side. Bucks offense versus the Rams defense. Rams did have a top 10 defense last week, now sitting about middle of the road, but uh, doing pretty good against the pass, only giving up that 216, ranking 11th, uh, 20th against the run. 
Still having some troubles there, but also still packing those light boxes. Not doing a whole lot of damage there. Not not loading it up. They're kind of daring teams to run on them a little bit. The Buccaneers, not necessarily known for their running. They're tied for 30th in the NFL on the ground, but 5th in passing. So they are getting it done through the air. You cannot blame them. They've got weapons for days. They are very much like the Rams in the sense that they have a lot of weapons to throw to. And, you know, I mean, Gronk, whether or not he watches tape, is one heck of a player. Uh, but the the Tom Brady-led offense passing attack there for uh, for the Buccaneers, I mean, definitely dangerous. So uh, you can see there, they're 13th in the NFL uh, in total offensive yards. And then now first in points, they're putting up almost 40 points a game right now. So, hey, if the Rams want to win this game, they might need to put up 45, all right? And uh, that is definitely not an impossible task for this Rams offense. Definitely a lot of weapons here, but... Uh, we really should get a, a a good idea of exactly how good the Rams' pass defense is in this game specifically. This is probably the best uh, the best array of weapons that the Rams will see this season. Uh, you can include other teams like the like the Cardinals or anything like that, but I think they it's pretty clear that the the Bucks have the most weapons, the most high powered weapons too. I mean, a name that people don't even mention anymore is Chris Godwin, who is a great player. Uh, but you got Mike Evans, you've got Rob Gronkowski, you got Antonio Brown, who may or may not play in this one. Chris Godwin, they've got a they've got weapons out there, and then even the running backs, I like Fournette. I mean, doing a good job. So uh, they've got plenty of people to go go to with the football. But I also really like the Rams secondary. So I mean, I would love to see Jalen Ramsey just manned up on Mike Evans all day long, uh, and then just I'm I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with Rob Gronkowski if, if he's able to get loose because the Rams have had some trouble covering the tight ends, and and Gronk is doing a great job this season so far. I mean, he looks way better than he did last year. He looks more athletic than he did last year. I don't know if last year he kind of just came in and was, like, messing around a little bit, but he looks really good this year. Uh, but lots of weapons for the Bucks, and uh, Brady is also first in passing touchdowns and fifth in passing yards. The history of this matchup, the Rams lead the all-time series 17-9, and nine, so only nine wins for the Bucks over the Rams in their history, and 17 for the Rams over the Bucks. The most recent game between these two came on November 23rd of 2020, just last season. That was a 27-24 win for the Rams. That game was played in Tampa Bay. The first ever game between these two came on November 6th of 1977. The LA Rams defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-0, to zero, gave them the big old goose egg, which is always fun to watch, and uh, maybe maybe we'll get another one. I wonder when the last time Tom Brady was shut out. <laughs> Has that ever happened? That'd be wild. Maybe don't put money on that one, guys. Maybe not. Just uh, just a friendly tip. That's all. That's my only advice, my betting advice. Well, I guess some of my betting advice. The longest streak that the Rams have had in this series uh, is actually six wins. That came between 84 and 92. The Bucks' longest streak in this one, just three wins. That came between the years 2000 and 2002. So some pretty good Rams teams that the Buccaneers were were streaking on. And uh, the Bucs won those three three straight games after that loss in the NFC Championship game uh, where Ricky Prohl caught that crazy ball and pins it against his body. And he definitely got in there. Uh, if you ask Bucks fans, they'll say it was probably incomplete, but he definitely got in there. And the Rams are 2-0 versus the Buccaneers all-time in the playoffs. And that in, does include that that NFC Championship game, which was a tough-fought game. Uh, of course, the Rams did go on to beat the Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl that year. So that was a heck of a time to be a Rams fan, for sure. Uh, but also, uh, in, in the other game, 
that the Rams had uh, with the Bucks in the playoffs back in the 80s. Uh, there's there's some pretty memorable catches in both of those games for the Rams. And if you ask the Buccaneers fans about it, they'll get a little bit sour. That's all. That's what that's what I've learned is that if you bring up Ricky Prohl, I'm trying. I'm blanking on the name. Uh, I know you guys are commenting it right now. I'm totally spacing. But if you say either of those names to Bucks fans, they will tell you that the uh, things happen and whatever. They'll get sour on you. Let's take a look at the three to see. Let's take a look at last week on our three to see. We had Jalen Ramsey, Justin Hollins, and Daryl Henderson. Jalen Ramsey had three total tackles, one interception, his second interception as an L.A. Ram. So that was pretty sweet to see uh, Jalen getting it done there. And it was a perfect timing to uh, really help the Rams seal that victory over the Colts. And uh, the Colts, honestly, though, they were clearly avoiding Ramsey. It looked like Ramsey had, it seemed like he had a better game in week one, but it's also because he was, I mean, he was just around the football more. The Colts did a really good job of just avoiding where Ramsey was on the field. Hey, good on them. I mean, that's something that's, that's a good way to do a good job against the Rams is avoid their best players, which is Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So, hey, they did a decent job. Justin Hollins had two total tackles, less explosive than, than week one, for sure. He definitely did not have that, that burst that he had in uh, the week one game, but hey, he still looked pretty solid. Uh, and then Daryl Henderson had 13 carries for 53 yards and one tutty. He did look like he was still getting his legs under him a little bit. Uh, that injury won't make that happen any faster. We'll see if he plays in this game. That cartilage injury, is uh, that's a tough one, man. I don't know if anybody's had a rib injury. I've had a rib injury myself. It takes quite a while, and that is a pain too, man. It's uh, Rib injuries are not fun. I had my rib injury. It took me a good like two and a half, three months until I really felt like it was healed up. And it was uh, like at work or something, I'd like reach for something, like, you know, it was terrible. So I'm sure, and and I can guarantee that Daryl Henderson's injury was way worse than mine. But I can also guarantee, in fairness, that Daryl Henderson is tougher than I am. <laughs> so so maybe it's about even. Me and Daryl Henderson basically going through the same exact thing. <laughs> Let's take a look at the week three, three to see. And uh, first, we're going to start with wide receiver Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is on absolute fire this season so far, man. He's doing great. Uh, he's uh, He has 11. Uh, last year, he had 11 receptions for 145 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was just last year in our, in our game against them in November. So, you know what? With the way Cooper Cup's playing this year so far, the way he played against the Bucs last year, I'm feeling good. Put Cooper Cup in your fantasy lineup if that's what you guys do. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to work out well for you. He's currently third in the NFL in receiving yards with 271. He is tied for second in uh, touchdown receptions with three. He is third in yards this season. But the cool stat here, and this is all stuff that you guys can find on the Internet, uh, the cool stat here is uh, he's third in yards for, for the NFL, but he is 19th in percentage of teams' air yards. That means that while Cooper Cup is absolutely destroying souls out here, he's 19th in in percentage of teams' air yards. That's pretty freaking good, guys. I mean, that's that means that the Rams are spreading it around. That means Robert Woods is getting it done. That means Van Jefferson's getting it done. That means Tyler Higbee's getting it done. That's good news for the Rams, all right? Third in the league in yards, but 19th in percentage of air yards for his team. That's incredible stat there. That That is something that you tweet about, all right? Go ahead. Go to Twitter. Tweet about it. Uh, translation here is uh, Cooper Cup really could be, uh, this could be the beginning of his best NFL season, like I said earlier. I think that he's doing such a great job. I'm, I'm really excited to see him keep on progressing this season as it goes on. 
And uh, by the way, I don't say any of these rankings. Like I know I say like he's third and uh, like he's tied for second in touchdown receptions with three stuff like that. But um, I, I I don't say that to try to be misleading. Uh, through two weeks, those rankings typically are they do come off a little bit misleading. Uh, I could say. Jalen Ramsey is tied for sixth in the NFL in interceptions, but he's got one because only five guys have multiple. So there's ways to make it sound really good, but that is not my intent, by the way, guys. That's why I try to give you guys the actual, he's got three receiving touchdowns, which also happens to be tied for second in the NFL. Whatever. Take with that information what you will. But it's all, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there because I feel like um, I don't want that to come off as misleading at all. Uh, next here, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with linebacker Kenny Young. We talked about him pretty good earlier. How does Kenny Young respond to last week? All right. He's a passionate player. He gets he gets in there. Uh, he, he gets excited. He gets fired up. He's got, got to know when to cap that, though, and, and, and just rein it in just a touch. All right. So I think he's a smart enough player. I think that we'll learn from he will learn from what he uh, from what he did last week. And I don't know if we ever see that again. As I like think back to Aaron Donald getting ejected from the 49ers game. Has he even come close to that again? That's just an example. And I'm sure that that conversation was had in the locker room. I'm pr- I feel good about Aaron Donald going into the locker room and being like, this is what happened to me in a 28 to zero loss against the 49ers on Monday night football in week one, one year hasn't happened again. Hasn't lost his cool like that again. And my last one here, I'm going to go with Jordan Fuller. Jordan Fuller last year picked off Tom Brady two times in the Rams-Buccaneers game, which was pretty awesome. All right, pretty crispy there. So let's see if he could do it again. If he can get a, a couple of uh, picks on, on on Brady, it would not hurt my feelings at all. Fuller has quietly been playing really, really well so far on that back end. Uh, but again, this is also the biggest t- test for the Rams secondary so far this season. So if you guys want to drop score predictions on this one, please do. Uh, please do. I'm going pretty high on this one. I'm going to start doing score predictions. By the way, I don't even have a note in here for this. I'm going to go pretty high on this one, though. I'm going to go, I, I think it's going to be like a 45-42 victory. And that is different from the prediction that I had in the NFC West roundtable. But this is more recent. So this is more real, I guess. I guess. I go high voice on you guys. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a quick uh, water break here. I'll be right back with some fan quesos. Welcome back, Ed Rares fans. Let's get into our fan quesos here. We got to pull them up here. And uh, we got some really good ones in here. I was kind of keeping an eye on uh, on some that were coming in. We do have some some pretty crispy ones. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll go to the Facebook ones first. Looks like we have gotten in some more since I've checked. So I don't know all of these, unfortunately. But... I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll be A-OK. First one here is going to come from Joel. After watching Sony at the end of the game Sunday, do you think he should be the starter regardless of Hendo's health? Ah, solid question, actually. Uh, no. Solid question, but no. I, I think that uh, the combo of them two together and when that can actually develop into them splitting, I think that's going to be really where the money's made. So, uh, Sony, yeah, he was looking pretty strong at, there at the end, and... I, I hate to say that I almost I I definitely don't want to see Henderson out of this game. But if we happen to have Henderson not playing in this game, I'm actually a little bit excited to see what uh, what Sony can do out there, man. I think it'll be fun to watch. So, uh, will should he be the starter full time? Uh, regardless, I don't. I, I want to say no, but he did do a good job. I'll say that. This one here comes from Tony, who happens to be a Bucks fan. How bad will the Rams get beat this Sunday? <laughs> 
Oh, Tony. Next one here from Bonnie. How many points will the Rams win by? Probably like a billion, I guess. Like, I don't know. Um, at least a hundred, give or take. <laughs> I, don't, I think it'll be a really close game, but I think we see a lot of points for sure. So I think it'll be like, a, I think it'll be a one possession game, but I think it'll be up there. Like we could see, we could see like upwards of like, I'm thinking we get into the eighties or nineties as far as points scored in this one. I think it's going to be an offensive day. I, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll be Rams Chiefs level of offense, but this is going to be a good one. Why isn't this the Sunday night game, though? For real. Come on, guys. Come on, NFL schedule makers. This one comes from Tyler. What will be the key factor on Sunday? Good pressure on Brady or stable game plan versus that Bucks defense? I think it's going to be uh, the, the, the secondary for the Rams and, and, and pressuring those receivers, getting them off their marks while simultaneously getting pressure on Brady. Just throwing off the rhythm there. Uh, you know, what are we going to do with Gronk? Uh, who's going to be bumping into Gronk while they rush the passer? And, uh, you know, who's going to be on Mike Evans? What kind of defense do we run? Do we run that umbrella that we've seen? Uh, do we play a lot more aggressive this week? That's going to be a question. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to confuse Tom Brady. So you just got to keep mixing things up. And, and it would be nice to see something that we haven't seen yet this season. Uh, but I think that that's going to be the ultimate key. I think the Rams... Offense will do fine. Uh, the Buccaneers defense is not very scary. Their front's pretty solid. So I don't know if we'll really get the ground game going as much as I would like to see it. But I think offensively, the Rams passing attack will be fine in this one. Is RD ready for Brady? I mean, we're about to find out, David. We are about to find out, man. Uh, I, I think, you know, the Rams beat this team last year. And the Rams have, uh, you know, historically had some 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 rough games against Tom Brady, but last year it was good. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the Rams defense is really their strong side of the football right now. Offense is definitely not a bad side of the football, but I, I love the Rams defense. So I, I think that this will be good. This one comes from Ian, who happens to be a Bronco fan. Congrats on Micah Kaiser, Ian. Uh, should we believe the 2-0 start or are we being deceived uh, in that they are that good? I hope that you're talking about the Rams here or you know what? No, I hope you're, I, you know, you could be talking about anybody, Ian. Are you talking about the Broncos? Are you talking about the Bucks? Are you talking about the Rams? If you're talking about the Broncos, don't be deceived. It's too early, okay? I rein it in on 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 them. I do like the Broncos though this year, and I think Teddy Bridgewater, good call. But good team up there. That's probably not what you're asking about. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, they they started really strong last year. They did not, so I I was a little bit disappointed to see if they started strong because I was kind of excited that we got them early <laughs> in this season, but. As far as the Rams, should we believe the 2-0 start? Absolutely. Beat the beat the butt cheeks off of the Bears and then uh, crush some souls in Indy, man. I mean, it was a close game in Indianapolis, but at no point did I feel like the Rams were going to lose that game. Does that make any sense? Like, it was a close game, but at no point was it like, oh, man, what are we doing out here? Like, the Colts are going to win. Like, that just never hit me. It just kind of felt like the Rams were just not playing as good as they should have been. So, um, you know, we got some tough games coming up. We got this game here against the Bucks, and then two back-to-back -back NFC West matchups. We got the Cardinals, and then we got the Seahawks. There's going to be some very tough games coming up. But um, and, and that, if say the Rams were to drop three straight, I I don't think that we'd be able to look at a two and three Rams team and say that they were frauds. I think that those are just really tough games. So uh, the the schedule's tough, man. Uh, but no, I don't. I think that the two and zero start is 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 very real. This one here comes from Cody. Thoughts on the running back situation going forward, considering in person, Sony looked a lot better than Henderson uh, early in 
in-person holes weren't wide open. Felt like he couldn't do anything. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily Henderson or against Sonny, uh, Sony, excuse me, uh, for for like who played better or worse or anything. I think Sony did a good job there at the end, but Henderson's still kind of getting his legs under him for this season, and I, I think that the Rams' run blocking has has been a struggle. So I would like to see that improved. Uh, I know that you were there, man, and that's super super dope. I would like to. I'll check my messages because I'm very, very bad at checking Facebook messages. I don't get notifications anymore, so I have to like be prompted to go in there and check them. I'll check those. I'm going to ask you for pictures, man, if you took others because uh, I would like to see that. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not just in person, man. We could see it on our televisions too, man. Holes were just not as open as they should have been. Hopefully that run game gets going here uh, soon. But thoughts on the running game? I, I think that uh, the between the two running backs, I think either is going to do fine. I just I, – we need to get that – the the, the the zones running up there. We need to get that figured out up front. Obviously Brady won't, but is there any uh is there anything we need to worry about? Because with a quarterback who can scramble a bit, that part of the game seems to really give RD trouble. Thoughts on how he can fix that. Actually this is it kind of just ties into the Rams run defense right now. We've been playing with some pretty light boxes and when you got all those people back in coverage and like four dudes rushing the passer and everybody else is way back in coverage, there's going to be room for for the quarterback to to move and, and gain some yards. So uh, I'm not super concerned about the run defense, honestly. Like We're forcing people to, to, to beat us throwing, and they can't. Our, our secondary is too good. So we're letting people run a little bit, and that's, you know, it's okay. You don't have to be one and one and everything. Uh, first against the pass, first against the run. You don't have to. But the Rams defense playing playing really well. And I, I, I think some people are very down on the Rams defense so far this year, and I'm not 100% on board with that. I think that's the Rams defense playing fine. Next one here from Cody. What can uh, what can the D really do when the, the quarterbacks are faking going down and defensive players are afraid uh, not to hit the quarterback? Yeah, that's, that's going to need to come from uh, the competition committee, unfortunately, when uh, it looks like a quarterback's going to slide down. This is a, a situation we saw. Who was it? Vince Young? who like the player picked him up and was like about to slam him and then put him back down. And then Vince Young ran for a first down. That's, I mean, that was a long time ago. Uh, talk about Vince Young, but uh, we're going to start to see stuff like that again. So the rule is going to be need. It's going to need to be fixed. It's broken right now. Um, but you know, uh, these, these quarterbacks are, are either going to have to get hit because they are football players or they're going to have to just make sure they get down. Keith's question here, will the Buccaneers defense be able to hold the Rams under 30? Absolutely not, Keith. No chance in heck. I was kidding, man. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I, I think that both teams are going to put up quite a bit of points. So I, 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 the Rams have a very good defense. I like the Bucs front. But overall, I think that there's going to be points in this game. So I'm, I'm hammering the over on this one, guys. It's only 55 and a half. I'm hammering over like crazy. This one here comes from Jeff. Why are so many people down on the Rams defense? When uh, many key uh, measures show them uh, ahead of last year's pace after two games. Yeah, I, that's one of the questions I didn't get a chance to see coming in. But yeah, I 100% agree, man. I don't know why everybody's so down on the Rams defense. It doesn't make any sense to me. Rams defense so far doing good. You shared a graphic here. Let me take a look at it. So the Rams have given up less yards, less passing yards, less rushing yards. They have more sacks. Uh, one more interception in the same amount of forced fumbles. So yeah, they're playing better through two than they, they did last year. According to your numbers here, man, which I don't, I don't think that these are wrong numbers at all. Um, yeah, according to this, I mean, yeah, the Rams are Rams defense playing really, really well. 
They're playing some good football right now. So I'm not sure why everybody's so down on the team right now uh, as far as defensively, but I, I they'll, they'll come around, man. They'll come around. It's going to be fine. And last one here from Jeff, uh, and then we'll get over to the YouTube questions. Uh, who will have a bigger day, Woods, Jefferson, or Jackson? I'm leaving Cup out as I figured he would be double teamed all game long. Ah, good observation there. It's very possible, but I, I think the, the the Rams' weapon weaponry is a lot like the Bucks' weaponry, where how do you double cover anybody? Because you double cover one guy, you're leaving somebody else kind of on an island there. So I think, honestly, we see a lot of zone coverage in this in this game by both teams because of the amount of weapons that each team has. So I think that that's what we're going to see a lot, and I think we're going to see a lot of underneath stuff. Stafford and Brady, at both, it would check out for both of them to go a lot of underneath stuff. So... Um, between the three that you gave me though, I'll, I will continue to leave out cup with you because I do agree that it's possible that they kind of really key in on him, but also the Bucks secondary, not that dope. So I don't know how worried I am about that, but between those ones, I would go with woods. I, I think that woods is kind of being, uh, he's getting attention this year from defenses. That's why he's, his numbers are, are not exploding like they have been in the past, but, um, there's a, I, I, between those ones, I, I'm going to say that, that that Robert Woods is is the one that gets rolling next. We've seen Jefferson do a good job. Deshaun Jackson, I know we're getting the comments from uh, from Sean McVay that he wants to get Deshaun Jackson more involved, but I think that happens over the span of a few weeks. So I don't know if we just all of a sudden see Deshaun Jackson out there for like 80% of the plays or anything like that. I think it still gets kind of uh, bumped in early or uh, slowly, I mean. Let's go over to the YouTube channel. This one comes from Rams House. Whose house? Uh, Rams House wants to know, I know Cup has been looking like a top five receiver with Stafford, but why has Stafford not been looking toward my guy, Bobby Trees? I have seen certain plays where Woods is open, but Stafford goes to someone else. But hey, we're winning. It truly doesn't matter. That's actually, I, that was going to be my comment back. It's like, hey man, if it's working, it's working. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to force it to Woods and then lose a game. You know, but yeah, I agree. Uh, Woods, uh, he's definitely had his moments where he's been open and, and did not get the football. Did have those two drops last week. Very rare to see. Don't think we see that again this year. Uh, I think that he was the look on his face. The look on his face was like, OK, that's not going to happen again. That's good news. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, I think that, that really it's not it's not a anti Bobby Trees thing. I think it's a it's a pro Cooper Cup thing. I think Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford just have a, a sweet connection, man. And I think that I think that, I, I think that uh, Matthew Stafford is 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 loving the number of weapons he has. He's never had this many weapons to throw the football to, so there's no shortage there, which is really fun. Next one here from Rams House. I know Sean McVay mentioned wanting to use Djax more, but do you think we see at least one deep ball or touchdown to him this game? Could McVay have been saving Djax for a game like this? Also, very good question. All right, so that makes perfect sense too. That maybe like maybe we know that you know Woods, Cub, Jefferson, that those guys are going to be the guys for the first couple weeks, and then when we have a really strong opponent, that's when we can unleash Deshaun Jackson. And I think that that's very real, especially against this secondary. I know I'm kind of railing on the Bucks secondary today, but uh, against this secondary, I think that uh, I, th- I think that that Deshaun Jackson definitely has an opportunity to get loose uh, for this one. So yeah, man, I, I that's a I I haven't really considered that 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 maybe maybe we're kind of waiting for one of those big big games because you know uh, week one against the Bears, week two against the Colts, those are definitely good games. Uh, those were you know some very strong teams. 
but uh, none, none, nearly as strong as the Bucks. So that would, that would, that would check out if that was part of the, uh, the thing, the, the, the deal here. I see your next question here, uh, Rams House. I'm going to do that one last year. This one comes from Payo Time. One of my favorite players is uh, Kenny Young. I get he lost his cool in the Colts game. Do you think he is poised for a comeback? Uh, for a, a for excuse me for a comeback game, a big comeback. Uh, sorry, I, my brain mixed words there. Uh, and what do you think of Donald calming him down? Yes, that's actually that's the important part there. Cause okay, so first of all, I did I did talk about Kenny Young, so I don't want to go too deep into that because I did do a a good little bit on that. Uh, about Kenny Young and what I think that how he responds just based on having covered Kenny Young since he got traded to the Rams from the Baltimore Ravens and you know just seeing how it's all unfolded and watching his progression come from being this basically an unheard of linebacker to now he's a starter for the Rams in their defense which is a very uh, one of the top units in the NFL so I, I think that he does respond in a very positive way and I loved that Donald got in there and, and had that conversation. I love that Jalen Ramsey got in there and had a conversation. And then also Sean McVay, which is really our three biggest leaders as far, especially on the defensive side. I know Sean McVay is not a defensive guy, but uh, the those two guys, Ramsey and Donald, they're our leaders, man. And uh, it, it makes perfect sense that, you know, and I almost like it almost would be a good montage little video or something like that. Uh, something, something cool with their relationship with Kenny Young, how, you know, he gets that interception against the Patriots last year. He picks off Cam Newton, and then immediately the ball's caught, and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are his lead blockers on that play, which was one of my favorite plays of the entire season because of that. And then this one, you have him kind of lose his cool a little bit, makes contact with the ref. I don't believe that was on purpose by any means, and unfortunately it leads to an ejection, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey were the ones that came up to him and said something. I don't know what they said. I don't even know if I want to know what they said. Maybe that's a personal thing. Maybe that's for him to know and not us. Uh, it would be really cool to know, but maybe that's not our business. You know what I mean? So I love to see it, but I really do think that Kenny Young bounces back in a big way this week. I've got Kenny Young. I, I think that he has a big game. I, I think that he's he's in a perfect situation to do that. This one comes from South Dakota Rams. Sheriff Joe, Carson Wentz last week got away with a fumble when he dove for a first. What are your thoughts on that? Also, I have a bad feeling that this is going to be another photo finish, but the Rams will get it done. Bold prediction. Brady will leave the game with an injury in the second quarter via suplex from Kenny Young's carryover anger from Indy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's unpack this. First of all, Carson Wentz last week got away with a fumble when he dove for that first down. What are your thoughts on that? I disagree, actually. I don't think he got away with a fumble. I think that... Uh, emotionally yes he definitely got away with a fumble there but also he's a quarterback and he dove forward you can dive forward you can do a backslide you fall on your butt cheeks or whatever i mean jared goff doesn't know about that he he almost ripped up the turf or the grass up in denver in a preseason his rookie season he had a terrible job <laughs> but um uh carson wentz uh yeah when once you slide at all you're giving yourself up so the second you touch the ground in any capacity you're done and because he hit the ground and then the ball popped out, it was not a fumble. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I do know what you mean, uh, but I, I do disagree uh, per the rule. I, I agree emotionally that it should have been a fumble because if you're going to dive forward and you're not touched, doesn't matter. That should be a fumble. But he is a quarterback, so that counts as giving yourself up. So once you touch the ground, 
plays over anyway. So uh, emotionally, yes, I agree. Per rule, uh, official NFL rule, uh, unfortunately, I, I think it's the correct call, not a fumble. Um, for uh, the photo finish, I think that that's very real as well. I think it's going to be a very close game. Maybe uh, baby Matt Gay can, uh, can, can boot a, a G-dub for us, a game winner. And uh, that would be super cool because we've already seen a game winner in SoFi Stadium. And I, it hurts my soul just a touch that it was not the Rams. But it also kind of brings me just a little bit that it was Greg Zorline that did it. So, Jeezy over here got his Super Bowl jersey. He wore that, that exact jersey on media day. Good stuff. But Jeezy hits the game winner in SoFi. And I, I want to say that I said that that was going to happen. I just didn't think it would not be for the Rams. I didn't think it would be for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, bold prediction here that Brady leaves the game. Kenny Young suplex. Carry over anger. I think he manages his emotions a little bit better in this one. But you know what, guys? Maybe in a couple weeks, maybe maybe next week, maybe two weeks from now, every single player in the NFL will be wearing a little circle sticker on the back of their helmet. And in that circle sticker... There will just be a one and a two as a memorial to Tom Brady, who got murdered by Aaron Donald in SoFi Stadium this Sunday. <laughs> or Kenny Young, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's Kenny Young that does it. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Ernest Jones, man. Maybe, uh, maybe Justin Hollins does something awesome. Maybe it's Leonard Floyd. Maybe Flo gets in there and uh, just crushes some soul. But uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll see a little 12 sticker on the back of everybody's helmet in memory of Tom Brady, who gets murdered at SoFi Sunday. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Thank you guys for your quesos. I do appreciate the heck out of you guys. Uh, feel free to, uh, to, to to follow the Ram Showcase, and then you can you can post the comments there. I post on, on Wednesdays on the Ram Showcase YouTube channel. I make a community post asking for fan quesos, so keep an eye out on that. I typically do it around 11 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, that's 12 Joe time. Two o'clock for you guys over on uh, the East Coast. Eh? Eh? Talking t- t- taking shots over here on on coasts. <laughs> That's what you gotta do when you're a fan of an LA team, I guess. I don't know. I'm not. Really, I'm in the middle, guys. I, I live in Colorado. I don't. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but uh, I, that's where that post goes. So you guys can leave your comments there and uh, ask me a queso. I'll get it on the next episode. Um. There's a Dr. Dre reference in there somewhere. I'm not nailing it down, though, so uh, be creative. You guys got it. You guys can do it in your own heads. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> that is going to do it for me, though. Uh, make sure you guys follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Pretty simple stuff there. We got links in the description below for not only Thrive Fantasy, but for also BetUS and Shaw's Customs. So do that up, guys. Shaw's Customs, super dope. Uh, got some really cool stuff that you guys can get from, uh, from Shaw's Customs. If you do click on a Rams logo item, such as this shot glass, uh, and then you tell, you leave, a, you leave a message saying, hey, I would like that to be the Ram Showcase logo. Guess what? He's got that all on tap for you guys. He can get you a Ram Showcase stuff. We got the mask back here. I don't know how well you can see that, but we can even do the mask and the glasses, all that stuff. You do need a mask if you go to SoFi Stadium, so make sure you guys just rock the Ram Showcase mask. I think it's perfect, all right? Uh, also, I mean, heads up, this is terrible timing on this announcement, but uh, the SoFi Stadium is requiring either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within 72 hours, and uh, they are not they are not being cool about it. They're not being chill, all right? They're, they're not being chill about it at all. If you don't show up with that, 
you're not going in. That's it. I mean, I mean, rules are rules, guys. I, I don't know. I don't make them. I just gotta follow them, just like you guys. I mean, whoever needs that information, or just go get the vaccine or get a test, guys. If you want to watch the Rams that bad, just go do it. Just go do it. Come on, it's the Rams. You're gonna miss the Rams because you don't want a cotton swab up your nostril. Really? That's weird. All right, that's gonna do it for me though. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out. I do appreciate the heck out of you guys. I am Sheriff Joe Beggs. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.